<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Tribune Audio Network. You're the mom, the maid, the keeper of the cookies. You do it all, and you look good doing it. It's parenthood on a mother level. Powered by the Quad City Moms blog, here's your host, Denise Hanitka. So two huge things happened in podcast land this week. The first one you just heard that was our special magical intro that was missing from our first episode. The voice is Celia Palermo. She's brand new to the News 8 Sports Department. I think she has such a great voice and I'm thrilled with how she did it. So thank you, Celia. The other big thing that makes me feel very official with our podcast is you may be listening to us on the Apple Podcasts app or Stitcher or Spotify, wherever you love listening to podcasts, we are out there. So share with a friend, let them know to listen to On a Mother Level. Last time we got, Jessica and I got um, pretty raw. We tried to get real a little bit about um, what motherhood is all about, the ups and the downs, and it was really well received. So thank you so much for listening to us and not judging us, even though we judge ourselves. And this week we're gonna, we're just gonna make it a little lighter. We don't want every episode to be super heavy. And so that's why I wanted to bring in my friend Kevin. And we're going to talk a little bachelorette. We're going to talk a little um, phone addiction. So maybe you suffer from this disease as well as I do. So sit tight. It's on a mother level. We are joined by Kevin Walker. Kevin Walker. Hey. Good to see you. You too. It seems like forever ago that we used to see each other like every Thursday. Well, so it's weird because I'm on the computer side and (laughs) you are on the guest side because we know each other from when you were over at B100. It's true. You would stroll in the studio with your coffee (laughs) and you'd stand on the other side and we'd push all the buttons and that's true. This will be fun. It was much easier that way Uh when I was just over there and taking all of your Taylor Swift swag out of (laughs) your merchandise bins. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I still have that Taylor Swift cup. That's one of my favorites. So, Kevin, um, the reason I was always at B100 is because we used to talk about Bachelor, Bachelorette stuff. And mm-hmm. so you would um, you would watch it just for the sake of the conversation on the radio. Have yeah. you fallen off of the Bachelorette wagon? Um, yeah, yes and no. My wife watches it, so it's kind of like unavoidable. Mm-hmm. But I encourage her normally to just DVR it so then I don't have to be around. <laughs> Um, we do have two TVs, and so sometimes I'll just disappear into the basement to watch a Cubs game or, or whatever else. But I kind of have kept up with it because as much as I as much as I really don't want to be a fan of it, it is every season I'm kind of like, what's going on? What, yeah. What's she doing? Oh, she's pretty. Oh, that guy looks. And there's is it just me? Or I'm sure it's this way on purpose. There's always one guy who is just like the biggest loser possible. Yes. And there is a big fat loser in this current season with Hannah. He is a big fat loser. And they always have like a temper issue mm-hmm. and they think the other guys shouldn't even be there. It's mm-hmm. just always so I'm like, really? Did, is, it's like watching an MTV show. It's like, did they really set this guy up to do this? No way that guy can be that dumb. 
I think this guy actually is, though. I think he is the ultimate dumb. <laughs> well, okay, so I know a lot of people don't watch The Bachelorette, so we won't get too terribly deep on it, but um, I just felt like for old time's sake we should touch on it. Sure. But, but But until we really dive into that, let's talk a little bit about you because you are the dad of two daughters, and um, your situation is kind of unique because your daughters are so different in age. So you you they parented are. basically two generations. Mm-hmm. Yep. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. I have an 18-year-old going to college in the fall, and I have a 5-year-old. Got divorced when my older daughter was four. Mm-hmm. Wasn't sure I'd ever get remarried. Met my current wife. Got married nine years ago. So there was a significant gap there, and she'd never been married wanted to have a kid or two and I thought that's great no problem I you know let's do that and uh we do have Camden tried and tried she had all kinds of infertility problems and at one point we ended up adopting and ended up having a surrogate which the whole story I mean you already know the story because we've talked about it on the air at B100 but it's crazy because it's just such a different story than what most people encounter. But I would have never in a million years thought, I'd be like, sure, let's have a baby. Yeah. Or let's go through this incredible whole journey through fertility and infertility and surrogacy and adoption. And it was crazy. Well, it really is a fascinating story. And it um, you got connected with uh, the surrogate in a very strange way also. Yeah. My wife went to St. Ambrose and our surrogate was from the Quad Cities, lives in St. Louis now. They danced together at St. Ambrose. Hadn't talked to each other in forever. Uh, we found an adoption attorney who recommended that we start a Facebook page, like literally Kevin and Katie looking to adopt, and then posting, and, and the attorney basically said, that will help you find people who are not sure they want to give their child up for adoption, but will realize you're looking instead of just waiting for me to go find someone for you to adopt. And sure enough, she saw this Facebook page because she was friends with my wife on Facebook. And one day out of the blue, she called us. And later I was like, I, what? Who is that? This is so weird. She basically called and said, hey, um, I saw your Facebook page. No, you're, you're having some infertility problems looking to adopt. I just kind of feel like I was at church on Sunday and I just kind of felt like I should like offer to be a surrogate. And I'm like, who's this crazy lady? I'm like, are you? And Katie's like, no, I went to college with her. I know yeah. her. She's for real. And I'm like, so it took several conversations with her and her husband for me to be like, um, what's, and what's the, you know. What's the catch Someone going to jump out from door number three here? Right. And in the end, it it couldn't have gone any, nothing went wrong. Healthy pregnancy. Uh, Camden was born in, uh, in April of 2014. She's five now. Uh, Our surrogate is kind of part of our family. She's almost like her aunt. My wife and her are still very good friends. Uh, And we go to St. Louis to visit them a couple times a year. It, and I'm adopted, but for me, I just found my birth mother about right before I got married. Okay, remarried. So for me, it was always like it was never a big deal to me. This whole thing with Camden, I think, is. It's just a it's just a twist I would have never expected. Because a you never think you're going to have infertility problems. Correct. You don't. And then when you go through that and you start shoveling through money like it's water, and our insurance didn't cover it, so it was right out of pocket. At one point, we're like, maybe we should adopt. This is probably a better idea. So we thought we'd wait. It'd be a year or two, and someone we'd we'd get hooked up with someone and we'd adopt a baby. So when she came out of the blue, it was just like 
wow, this is really kind of a godsend. And it everything went well. And, and it just, it really couldn't have gone any better. How was your wife um, dealing with the idea of watching someone else carry a baby? Was that difficult for her? I think she would tell you that it wasn't. But I think in some ways it was. But in the other flip side, she was so grateful for the opportunity and for, for what she did for us. Um, so I'm not sure it was as hard as I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. I think a lot less hard than if we'd never had a child together. So, mm-hmm. I mean, for her, I think it was a realization of this is how I'm going to become a mom. And she found other moms in her same situation with the same infertility problems and friended them. And so she she had some support systems. I was more like the spectator, like, okay, if this is what we need to do, I'd already been married. I already had a child. I, if I had never had another child, I think I would have been okay. I wanted more. And, I mean, I wanted sons both times, but I have two beautiful daughters. I love them. I wouldn't trade them for anything in the world. But I'm like, I would have, I'd have been okay with, like, one of each. But I'm like, each one of them, in their own way, are the most incredible. And you can relate to that. You're a parent. Yeah. It's amazing how you can love a spouse, but that child is just, it's, an, it's a whole different, it's a whole different kind of love. It's 100%. Yeah. 100%. So I, I think for Katie, it was a, I'm just going to watch this happen and I'm going to enjoy it for what it is instead of worrying about the what ifs of, will I ever get pregnant? Or is this the right thing to do? She just really embraced it. And I think, I'm sure there were a lot of conversations we had where she would, she would confide in me and talked about how difficult it was. But I think she always knew that, that it was going to be the solution to our situation so she embraced it I think. Yeah, so were there any downsides and and things that you made you hesitate about going with the surrogate versus the adoption route? Um no, not really. Once we kind of wrapped our head around it and it was like, "Oh, we're going to do this." Then I thought, "Well, if we're going to do this, let's do this." I mean, cuz even that route was not inexpensive. Um and we still had to f- legally go through the adoption, so we still needed the attorney and uh yeah, so it was, I don't know, it was it was just a, a very surreal thing that I just tried the whole way along just to embrace it for what it was because it, it, I was the one that was uncomfortable with it, not my wife. She wanted a child. I wanted another baby or two or whatever. My biggest fear was is that we were going to have, like, triplets. And oh, I would yes. be like, oh, you're, you're pregnant with how many? So we got lucky, and it was just one. I'm like, because in, in those kind of fertility situations, the chances go up. And I was like, yeah. oh, what if we have, like, four kids? What mm-hmm. am I going to do? I just so. interviewed a triplet mom a couple of weeks ago. She just had her babies, I want to say, last Ugh. week. Yeah, so Three I, babies. I guess I'm thankful for that. <laughs> um, I can't wait to catch up with her and she's, see how she's doing. Social media, I mean, she looks like she's doing fantastic. But, I wonder if yeah. it would be harder, if really having two or three, if you're just more regimented, or if it is really harder. You're just on, yeah. you're on all the time and not just... Most of the time, I guess. Exactly. I I would think the breaks are fewer, but her her whole thing going into it was this will just be our new normal. Like, we won't know any different. And that makes 100% sense because you you don't know any different with one. You don't know any different with two. It just is what it is. Oh. So what was what was the um, what was the difference in um, having a second daughter versus your first? I mean, so many years had passed. You'd already raised a daughter into her teen years, and now you're starting yeah. over again with a newborn girl. So a ton had changed by then. It was uh, it was really like doing it all over again yeah. because Caitlin was 13 when Camden was born, and my ex wife. I'm from Dubuque originally, and so is my ex wife. So eventually, she got remarried, moved back to Dubuque. So my older daughter. By the time she was like seven, was in Dubuque, 
I mean, I have family there, so I'd see her a lot. And with technology now, I talk to her every day, even if I don't see her. So from that perspective, I still have a lot of contact with Caitlin, but it really was. There are a lot of things that I'm like, I don't remember this. It's been 13 years between kids. So, and in so many respects with Camden, I'm around her every day. I'm still married to her mom. I, she's in my life 24-7. With Caitlin, it was like huge blocks of time, two and a half, three days a week, and then talked to her on the phone those other four days. So for me, a lot of it is just, it's like always, it's like there's no downtime with Camden. It's on the go. Before I came over here tonight, she had a complete meltdown over shower time because I shut a show off because I, I'm like, mom fell asleep on the couch after after uh, dinner and I'm not going to wake her up so you can take a shower. She lost her mind because I shut that show down early. And it's like, those are the kind of things that I forgot. I have a lot less patience than I did when. when okay. I, I just, I just, because I have to put up with it every day and I love that kid. And then, so it's like the highs and the lows. One minute she's driving me crazy and the next minute she's giving me a hug and telling me that she's so sorry or she misses me or tomorrow I don't have daycare. Can we go to the <laughs> Sounds park? Sounds like she works you oh, over. I'm sorry. Me. She owns me. I mean, she really does. <laughs> I mean, to the point now where, I mean, I think that one of the bigger differences is this kid can work my cell phone. I mean, she can, I mean, I, I, she loves Snapchat filters. And I have to be really careful because she'll grab my phone and she'll start doing Snapchat filters, but she doesn't know any better and she'll start posting stuff. And people are like, what are you doing? Why are, why are we seeing pictures of your kid? I'm like, because she's got my phone. Yeah, just don't worry about it. Mm. Just let her, just let her be. <laughs> just a lot of, a lot of things that I feel like I'm doing them for the first time, even though I'm not. Right. there's just so much time between them. And I see her every single day, which I love. It's awesome. It is the neatest thing in the world. But it is also, uh, it's it's a lot of work. Yeah. Well, you're also, um, you're also a pretty involved dad because, would you say that you work from home? I mean, you have, you have like 700 jobs. Yeah. Well, not exactly 700. I do have an But you do do home. a ton of stuff. I do. I have, I have three different businesses. Um, when I got out of radio... Um, I have a DJ business, I own a photo booth business, and I still do commercial photography and some video stuff. So I have an office in the district, but I also work out of my house because I live in Bedroom. There's a lot of times I don't want to cross the river to go to work <laughs> if I don't have to meet a client. So, I, yeah, I do work out of my house, which also, like, during the summer, my wife's a teacher. During the summer, I'm like, I got to go to work. I can't – This I'm here all day long with these people. I got to get out of the house. <laughs> so there are some days that I go to work just because I need to go to work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, no one would blame me for that. I mean, it's like – I'm uh, sitting here too. <laughs> I'm like, I got to go. I'll be back. What time's dinner? Or what do you want me to bring home for dinner? It's like, yeah. So sometimes I just got to get out. But I do, I do like to work out of the house. I find it makes me a little less productive because it's really easy to just go turn the TV on or to – go for a run or to do nothing. So, yeah, I mean, I can be real productive and real lazy all at the same time. So we kind of just breezed over our, um, we're trying to do this whole win and loss thing. Like <laughs> every week we win a little bit with our kids. Every week we lose a little bit. So, so you were saying that your loss usually involves bedtime, shower time, and TV and Sophia the First. Complete meltdown <laughs> over the most ridiculous things ever. Um, yeah, that seems to be pretty much I can count on it, but then it's not necessarily we'll go three days without any problems, and, yeah. then, and then everything. Like, don't look at me, Dad. I mean, she comes home from daycare some days if, if her mom picks her up, and it will be like, how was daycare? How were things today? Don't look at me. Don't even talk to me. I don't even want to talk to you. <laughs> she said tonight we were doing something after dinner, and she was playing, and she dropped something and then said, Dad, pick that up. And I'm like, no. 
I'm like, if you spilled it, she goes, that is so stupid. And I'm like, where did you learn that? And and then, of course, she says, I learned it from you. You did not learn that from me. I know you learned some swear words from me because the first time your kid swears – you're like, oh yeah, that that was me. I probably that should stop that. That was hundred percent me. Yeah. Yes, I'm like probably should stop that. Yes, yep, so, it's happened yeah. to me. It's definitely happened to me. So yes. my um my win for the week is also a small little bit of a loss. So. Um, I've talked about the fact that I exclusively pump, and so I'm lucky enough that I have a whole supply in the freezer of, you know, milk that can be used later on. And so I was boxing up another box full of these milk packets, and I told my husband to go out to the freezer and put it in there. And he came back in the house and he said, well, you're no longer allowed to go to Costco. Because the freezer is so full. And to me, the idea of not being able to go to Costco is very upsetting because I don't know if Costco has changed yours and Katie's life, but it is a dramatic change for me because I love Costco so much and the freezer is now full of mini tacos and um, gosh, I I buy everything at Costco. We like Costco. I mean, we have a membership (laughs) at Sam's too. I haven't completely weaned myself off of Sam's yet, but Costco is a great place to go. I can go in there and like lose myself for an hour and not yeah, spend any see? money either. Just walk around and Oh, well that's no fun. I know. I yeah, <laughs> I mean but it is it, yeah, it's there's some good I mean there there are yeah. some great deals there. So, but my freezer is so full. That's a win, but it's a loss because I Did you buy a separate yeah. freezer or is it the freezer in your refrigerator? No, yeah, it's a separate deep oh, freeze. Yeah, so you went it's all a deep out freeze and, out in the garage. Yeah, so yeah. We're still in that debate now about whether or not we should buy that extra freezer. Oh, do it. Because we're always like, hey, we're out of meat. Can you stop by High V? And then she will say, if we had a freezer, mm-hmm. all right, let me go get yeah. them. And then I'm like, but if I get it, then i got to fill it up. you got to get that freezer. So, yeah, I probably do. That's probably – you're right. Then it's always right yeah. there when you need it. And just to pile on, I have one more loss for the week. So we tried a new babysitter over the weekend. And you know how hard it is to find a great babysitter. Yeah. So, you know, when a very uh, when a new one comes along, you really want to make a great first impression. So I decided that I was going to clean the floors because, you know, we're just going to really <laughs> Well, I don't want her to come over. Thing, that's the first thing you think they're going to notice is the floor? Yeah, cuz I don't want her to be like, "Wow, her kids are a delight, but my goodness, this woman can't keep a clean floor." How old is the babysitter? Um, you know, I don't know. I would say early 20s. I don't think she's looking at your floor necessarily. Oh, man. I don't know. I just didn't want her to be grossed up on my floor. So I used one of these Bissell steam mops. Yeah, my husband calls me crazy cleaning lady whenever somebody comes over. It's just, sorry. I don't know. Maybe if I clean more regularly, See, things wouldn't get crazy. are you the kind of person that cleans when a guest comes over, but then the rest of the time you're, like, clean, but you're not really clean? I'm, like, 80% clean when no one's coming over. And mm. then I'm, like, 127,000% yep. clean when I know someone's yeah. coming over. It's weird. It's a sickness. Yeah, if you just came in an unannounced to our house, yeah. you'd be like, these people really should clean their house. <laughs> but if I knew you are coming, you'd be like, wow. This no, is like look at you. You're house. killing yeah. it. That's I'd be like, how yeah, we are. Yeah, it's no big exactly. deal. Yep, yep. So I decided I'm going to clean the floors, and I use this steam mop to clean my floors, and I fill it with vinegar because it keeps the steam mop, you know, like mm-hmm. nice and clean, and plus yeah. the vinegar cleans the floors real nice. Well, I cleaned it way too close to when she was coming because now the house reeks of vinegar. <laughs> Just, you know, and vinegar is not great. No. Just totally reeks of vinegar, and I forgot about it, and she arrived – and we drove to our destination. We went to the Golf Classic. And we got there, and my husband was like, I really wish you would have explained to her why our house smells like vinegar. So do you think she judges me more for the vinegar stink or if I had just left the floors filthy? 
<laughs> to toss them. It depends if she uses vinegar to clean the floor. She right. might just open all your windows and, and just thought, them before you came home. Yeah. So I don't know. So if our babysitter's listening, the vinegar explanation is I wanted to make it nice for you. I wanted to make it nice. Right. Yeah. Let's go back to The Bachelorette, okay? So now that we've established that you have two little girls, one of them is going to college in the fall. That's huge in itself. Mm -hmm. Um, So the big deal on The Bachelorette is this. So we've got Hannah B. She's our bachelorette. And by the way, she's my favorite bachelorette of all time. Yes. She is fantastic because she is so on her game. She has um, poor taste in men. However... Um, she is not afraid to tell them how she feels. And no, so it keeps true. a nice, real season. The big deal, though, the big drama that just happened this week is the fantasy suites. Okay? So she takes four guys to the overnight dates, which is also like breaking the bachelor mold. And she gets into a big argument with the villain of the season. His name is Luke. And they get in a big argument because he basically lays down the house rules of if you are with any of these guys in the fantasy suites, I don't want anything to do with you. And the whole big – he cites religious reasons, okay? Okay. And so he's just like, look, like that's not – that's not who I am. That's not my faith and it shouldn't be yours either. So is it okay if – the two of them hook up or no he says so no it's not him or no. any other guys okay. yeah so he said he claims that he's abstained for like four years or so and so he the thing is people i don't think are angry that he's that he drew this line in the sand what people are angry about is the way that he said it and he basically says you know, you're not a woman in, of faith if you would do this anyway. And she takes that pretty much to heart because sure. she's a Southern Christian. Yep. And um, so I don't want to get into a whole religious conversation, and I don't even want to get into a huge sex conversation. But I just wonder, with two daughters at home, how how different it is to watch The Bachelorette for you because, you know, it's probably different watching it for me. It probably is, yeah. <laughs> when I used to have to watch it, when I worked at B100, I watched it because I had to. It was yeah. never like, oh, this is a great show. <laughs> um, and the funny thing is, over the last three or four years, my older daughter, who's now 18, watches the show, either with my wife or on her own in Dubuque. And so I'm like, ooh. And every time I think about that, I'm like, oh, cringe a little bit. I guess it's it's better than, what's the other one, Bachelor in Paradise? I mean, oh, that, yes. Those, that is like, those characters, cringy hookup I would show. be like, oh. But I have, I mean, part of me thinks to myself, if my daughter ever became the Bachelorette, I'd kind of be disappointed in her. You know, yeah. I, we don't need. I don't need you on TV. Just, I just don't need that. I can't imagine that any of their dads of those girls are super proud. <laughs> what? What? I mean, really? I know. Come on. I know. My parents would never stand for it. Yeah, it would be like. Um, and then you're going to bring him home here. I. It. Yeah, I suppose it. It does make me cringe a little bit mm-hmm. about. Oh, I mean, what is she? But I also then sometimes think about. I mean, we're Catholic. I mean, we go to church. I mean, I'm, but I'm not, I'm not an idiot. I mean, you as you get older, I mean, I can't control everything my daughter does now, and nor do I need to. I feel like at 18, if we haven't raised you correctly, and you are smart enough to know what you should and shouldn't be doing mm-hmm. and how to handle yourself, I mean, you're not going to learn that from watching The Bachelorette. But it's like, so I think part of me, I cringe a little bit just because I'm like, these people are ridiculous. A lot of people think that Luke is like the example of toxic masculinity. How do you feel about that term, toxic masculinity? That, that a little heavy, maybe. Yeah? Maybe a little bit. See, I, I early in the season, because again, I, I, I catch it when my wife has it on. I don't sit down and watch it with her. 
I thought he was an all right guy for a while. It's just this this particular season to me seemed like there were a, there were more guys that seemed like regular guys. Maybe okay. I'm wrong about that. Okay. Again, this is like watching from afar, but pretending not to be interested, but even but having a little bit of interest. Oh. I mean, and he admits it. After years of having <laughs> to watch it, I will. I mean, I don't have a conversation with my wife about it. She will be like, "Hey, you want to talk about the Bachelorette?" Nope. I really don't care. Chris sure Harrison's don't. Still hosting the show? Yeah. That's all I care about. All right. Whatever. It's, I'm more interested in, like, that very first episode, how they all, like, when they first meet the person, what ridiculousness they come up with to try to impress them. Okay. That's, like, that's the as far as I care. Okay, see, that's the worst episode. It I always skip right. the it first episode. You I hate it. You always said that. You always I said hate that. the first episode. Yeah. It's garbage. It's, well, people aren't, they're, it's not their, their real skills. Yeah. But I don't think any of the show is portraying someone in their real light, probably. Yeah. I don't know. Um, although this Bachelorette, I do... She seems very, very cute. She seems very well put together. But every single time I happen to, into the room, she's sitting on some guy's lap making out with him. See, that's what I'm looking and for. And it's always a different guy. <laughs> As I pound on the table. It, 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 is it? Am I wrong about that? As someone who only sees a few episodes here and there, she's always on some yeah. guy's lap. Well, that's true. She has had some steamy moments with Pilot Pete. She had a couple of... Um, she had a couple like pool table moments, and then, and she admitted she. I mean, the windmill. Where did you see the windmill part of the episode? I did not. So she admitted. Well, that was what spawned the whole conversation with Luke. Is that she admitted that she had slept with one of the guys in a windmill, and um, Luke was not the too pleased about was in a that. Windmill? Yes, they were, were they in, in Greece. No, they were in Greece. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, would that be a fantasy date to you? Well, it was, it was kind of like a, you know, like a cute little building and it looked like kind of like an underground cavern. It looked kind of, it looked like kind of a fantasy suite, you know? I haven't seen anything on the show in about three weeks now. Okay. Although Uh, I did, when I knew I was coming in today, I did go online and did a little research and I was like, oh, there's some scandal. There's some Mm -hmm. sex scandal in this one. I'm like, because I thought every time I would see her, she portrayed herself as this Southern wholesome, uh, uh, beauty queen kind of girl and I thought she really was a nice girl and had herself put together I just thought it funny too that every time I saw her she was like making out with a different guy and I'm like I know there's lots of guys on the show and they all kiss each other it's not like that doesn't happen and I don't know if it's just the way the show is edited to make it look like she literally spent all of her time (laughs) kissing other guys but well see but that's exactly what the whole controversy is can you be a sweet southern Christian girl and can you sit on a lot of guys laps her argument is absolutely. Sorry about it. I mean, I'm going to do it. Can you be any type of Midwest girl? I mean, I don't know. The whole concept of the show goes against <laughs> traditional, like, yeah. let's go date one person. I mean, again, if my daughter called and said, hey, I'm a contestant on The Bachelor, I'd be like, really? Okay. I'm really proud of you. So you would do the hometown date? Well, I mean, what choice would I have? Well, I don't know. I guess, yeah. I'd be like, bring him home. That'd be great. Yes. <laughs> You're going to be that guy, the bring one who shows up cities. in the promotions. Yes. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I'd casually invite you over for dinner then when, when he was there. I'd be like, hey, I got someone you need to meet. <laughs> so whenever I watch The Bachelor or Bachelorette, typically it's usually in the morning the next day because I'm at work, you know, when it airs. Yeah. And I try to just find some funny moments or things that made me um, react, and I'm usually posting it on my Instagram. And 
I usually try to start it a little bit before the kids wake up in the morning, and then I'll post a few things on Instagram, and then maybe while Abram's eating his breakfast, then I'll post a few things on Instagram and watch a little more. Sometimes he agrees to watch Mommy's show. It just depends. And he's little enough that I'm not worried about him seeing anything scandalous. Um, But anywho, so sometimes, though, when I do that, I take the kids to daycare later, and I think, wow, I really spent a lot of time on my Instagram today. And then I feel really terrible about that. Well, but do you feel like that? Do you feel like that is part of your job, though, to be on Instagram? I mean, a hundred percent. So I mean, that's the thing. Like when I, I mean, I still am very active on social media with my businesses and my personal account, but not as much as I would have been when I worked in radio, mm-hmm. where like three times a day I had to figure out something to put on the B one hundred Facebook page or the Instagram page because I had to. That was yeah. my job, part of my job. Now I tend to like. I mean, well, and you've probably seen it too. I tend to to post a lot of stuff about my kids or, you know, if I'm at a Cubs game or whatever. I just I, – I probably don't think too much anymore about it because I don't do it like I used to. I used to post seven, eight, nine times a day because I felt like I had to. So, I mean, I follow you. I don't ever feel like, oh, my gosh, how is she going to post today about the – I mean, really? Screenshots of Hannah on yeah. somebody else's lap. I mean – no, I don't know. I think – I mean – I don't post nearly as much on Facebook as I used yeah. to. But do you, like, when you're sitting around and Cam is home, how often are you diddling around with your phone, and do you feel bad about it? Um, too often, and yes. Yeah. Really. It has, I don't know, um, with your children, I find, and even if it's, like, PBS or if it's Sesame Street, I find that it's really, because I, I do have an office in the house, it's really easy on days where I'm with her, and it's not like a school during the school year or there's no daycare on Tuesdays and Thursdays during the summer. That's just part of our deal. I find that it's really easy to like put Curious George on, repeat, or whatever it is, or Sophia on you know uh, Netflix and just let it go. And then just I'm in the same room with her, but I'm totally disengaged. I will be the first to admit that. I get a lot of stuff done because I'm thinking to myself, I can't, can I really totally engage with my child for 11 hours in a row? As long as she's still okay at the end of the day, I'm fine with it. Yeah. So I, but I find I tried. I'm more cognizant of it now. I never used to be. I used to be like, flip, 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 and I'm like, oh wow. I'm like, I should probably. I mean, she's never not in the same room or whatever. But yeah, I think I, I'm just I'm kind of addicted to my iPhone. I feel like I'm afraid that my smartphone habits are going to transfer over to my kids. In the sense of like reaching for it when you're bored, mm-hmm. he does like he doesn't have any technology. He doesn't yeah. really express much interest in it. I never give him my phone as entertainment, mostly because he's two and a half, and the issue hasn't really come up. But I just know that my brain goes, "There's a small span of time that's not accounted for. Grab mm-hmm. that phone and start scrolling, girl." You know, yeah. and oh, and I, yeah. and I'm worried that that addiction where you can't just sit there anymore will transfer yeah and i i find that i can't you're right i'm not pacified by just sitting there and although i can go out on my deck in the morning when it's nice or late at night when it's beautiful and i can sit there and just be calm but if it's the middle of the day and i've got 12 seconds to nothing to do (laughs) yes i like let's see what's on instagram or let's 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 hit snapchat and And literally 12 seconds it's like any unaccounted for time although i don't do it in the car I used to. Yeah, do me, it a lot. me either. Not no, even. No, I used more. to. Really, I used. <laughs> I used to text in the car, and I used to check Facebook at stoplights. I don't do it as much anymore. Once Camden 
was born, I really tried to curb that. Yeah. Partly because I'm like, uh, I will be the person who gets in an accident because I, for two seconds, I'm not paying attention. So I don't do that. And maybe I make up for it by like when I'm at home, I'm like, I mean, we've been recording now for half an hour and I, my phone is right here and I like, want to reach for it. I want to reach for it. I'm like, <laughs> why? I, I mean, it's, it's silly. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I will not do it. I mean, I won't say that I, that I don't ever do it at a stoplight, but I, as a rule, I'm not driving down the interstate like looking at my phone because I've had enough close calls where I'm like, get in the other lane. You're like, so I just, once Camden was about one year old, I'm like, I, that's too big a risk. Yeah. I got to break that habit. So then evidently I just doubled down on it at home when I got nothing better to do and then I'm on, you know, checking email. Or whatever. It, it's kind of yeah. It is a bit of a problem. It's just whatever is on your phone. Sometimes you don't yes. even discriminate. It's just like uh-huh. whatever it is. So I it sort of I realized what a glaring problem it was the day that this was maybe like a week ago. Abram has Turner's old flip phone. Like you know, it doesn't work. Yeah. There's no yeah. battery, whatever. It's just but he just plays with it because I think he thinks it's a variety of different things. <laughs> um, so. Turner was sitting on the couch and he had his iPad out. I was sitting on the chair and I had my phone out. And so Abram grabs his little phone and he sits next to me and he goes, look, we all have our phones. And I was like, oh, kid, you just stabbed me right in the heart. We do all have our phones. You know, like it's it's how you are. It's second nature. It's become I I wonder had I mean, I grew up in, in like the late 80s, early 90s, if there were cell phones when I was a kid. If Facebook was around when I was a kid, I might have owned seven other businesses. But I also would probably be way worse than I am now, or maybe I wouldn't be. I just don't, I'm not completely convinced that because my older daughter like lives on Snapchat and Instagram. But straight A student, good kid. I'm like, I'm not sure that necessarily overkill on phones is a bad thing. Okay, I don't know. I'm I'm. It might be. I just I, I don't know if there's enough evidence. We're like the first generation of parents that have had the opportunity to constantly be on their phone. So I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of time that I could be like in the moment, like be more present, but same thing. Caitlin, me, Katie, there are a lot of Sunday afternoons that we'll have the TV on and all of us are on our phone. We're all on our phone. And sometimes I'll text one of them and be like, hey, what are you doing? (laughs) And it's just – so that does happen where there's like three people in – and Camden is the only one without a phone. And she's got a play phone. But it's like she also, though, like knows how to work Snapchat filters and everything. So she – and she just likes – scrolls through. She doesn't know what she's doing. She's just constantly like – you know, she's going to break the phone eventually. But it's like by the time she's 10, she'll probably be able to work a phone and – she won't need one, mm-hmm. but but she's like, probably gonna want one. I know that's uh, yeah. She she will want one, and that's the problem. I mean, like with Caitlin, because we lived in separate cities. When she was like eleven, I bought her a phone, put her on our plan. So then, mostly, then I wouldn't have to call her mom to talk to her. Yeah. So then it was also a safety issue, but well, and then it wasn't smartphones either. It was no. purely just talking it, and not it, even texting. Probably didn't take long for it to be a smartphone, Dad. <laughs> no. That iPhone four is awesome, Caitlin. You did. We don't need that. I'm not spending. Sure enough, traded it. You know, hey, you're, you're eligible for an upgrade. Why don't we just? All right, let's do this. And yeah, it like technology is never going to go backwards. No. So are no. we going to become more addicted, in. or do we just get better at using technology to make our life easier? I can turn my furnace on and off from my cell phone. Yeah. I don't think that's a bad thing. No. But 
when you can run your whole life off of it or disengage with your life, which is that's probably I guess that's the problem. Well, so we're both wearing Apple watches. Yes. Yeah. So I initially thought like, oh, the watch is going to help me because then I can put the phone away, but I'll still get important work-related text messages. No, I just mm. have the phone in see, one I hand and the watch in the I other. Hate getting text. The only reason <laughs> I got one, and you can see, I've got it's the. the oh, face. don't show off your Apple rings no, no, almost no, no, no. completed it's, for the I, day. The only reason that I have it is so. <laughs> This is, I've lost like 15 pounds in the last two years. Have you really? Because it, I look at it and I'm like, oh, I've only burned 400 calories today. I should go work out. Swear to God, that's the only reason I got. And Katie got a new one and I got her old one. And since then I've bought another one. But I only have it. I never check text on it. I okay. Don't anything else. I only look to see my calorie burn. And it, it has kept me more honest in going to the gym. I'm not sure that's worth $400 or whatever it costs, but... I don't know. Accountability, I think, is worth $400. Keeps me honest with myself yeah. when I'm like, oh, I should go to the gym today. So this whole conversation about kids and distracted parenting um, brought me to this article, which just shows you that you can literally make money doing all sorts of insane things as long as you're in the right city. So in New York, there's actually a um, consultant that helps parents figure out what activities their kids can do that are screen-free. A screen-free consultant. Have we, I mean, have we, are we that far removed from yes. our own childhoods that we don't know what to do? I mean, get a dog. Right. Go in your backyard. Play in Make the grass. a fort. Yes. I mean, I may be in total love with technology, and I, and I love what it does for my life, but I remember going fishing when I was a kid or what it was like to not – when my parents would say, stop watching TV and go outside. Don't come in until mm-hmm. the streetlights come off. And we'd go out and play baseball all day, or we'd do this. Or I that is a little scary to me that you have that you don't even know how to like get your kids involved in something that doesn't revolve around a screen. Yeah, that's a little scary. Yeah, and so I don't know if that's just a product of living in New York City. I've never lived in New York City, so I don't know. But you know, we can harken back to our riding our bikes until the streetlights come on, and yeah. you know, running around. And um, the other day on the Fourth of July, Abram was picking berries in Grammy's uh, raspberry orchard. You know, so so I, you know, I think I think we've got to have a better grasp on what did we really do before bad? phones. Is it that prevalent or prevalent? You think that there are that many people that are that far out of touch with what to do with their kids? I hope not. And maybe it's more just like, well, we have a coach for this and we have a Mm -hmm. coach. It's almost like a standing, like an elite status sort of a thing. Like, well, we have, you know. Yeah, but at $200 an hour, that's a lot of money to pay someone to tell you what to do with your kids. There's no one in the Quad Cities that would pay me $200 an hour to tell them what to do with their kids. Or would they? That's true. Or would they? a good side job. So, I mean... I'm offering. I, I'd I mean, do it. I, think I mean, I suppose we're giving away our advice for free. I, you're right. I do like to tell people what to do. So, I mean, I would, I would enjoy that. That's probably true. I just I, – I mean, the, the list is endless. Go to the library. Go to the Hennepin Canal and, like – I mean, I don't know about you, but, it, I mean, I was always fascinated growing up by NASA and, like – so all this, like, Apollo stuff. Yeah, now, the moon totally, landing stuff. Totally, like, fascinates me. And I've been, like – out at night like looking at the stars and it's a photographer i spent last night like 20 minutes outside taking pictures of the moon and like i didn't get anything i really liked but i'm like that to me is like i'd rather go out in the middle of henry county where it's dark and look at the stars for two hours and my older daughter likes that too she's i mean not as much as she did when she was 10 but it's like you see what that kind of stuff to me is like a break from 
watching TV at night. That's I can see where some of that would be cool, but I just I mean I could think of a thousand things to do with Camden. It's just easier to put her in front of a screen sometimes. Not that I don't know what to do otherwise. Yeah, no. Yeah, convenience you know, is totally different than ignorance, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and, I mean, of course, if my wife hears this, she'll be like, so what are you going to do with Candy today? What are you going to do? you take her outside? Because Katie is not – she's like, I'd rather be at a Holiday Inn than be camping. Okay. Um, she'd rather be anywhere than camping. So we've never, like, camped together. We don't – I mean, she wouldn't want to go to Yellowstone. She'd want to go to New York City. Um so it's like anything that is like oh like I took Camden to uh, Blackhawk State Park a couple weeks ago, like super humid day, bug spray. I mean, mom was somewhere and she saw the pictures and we came home and Camden told her all about it and she, mom you can go next time and Katie's like no your dad your dad can take you whenever you want. <laughs> I mean she wouldn't you couldn't pay her two hundred dollars an hour to take her to Blackhawk State Park and look around and and Camden was fascinated by it. Yeah, to me that's just like all right let's do something that we get out of the house. Well, I do think it's cool, though, that some stuff is her and mom's stuff and mm-hmm. some stuff is her and dad's stuff. Yeah, they. Uh, we finally broke down yesterday, and she got an Easy Bake Oven for uh, her Oh, birthday, I saw that on Facebook. Birthday. And she's been – she found it in the basement when we moved some stuff around, and she's been on us forever. And our air conditioner's been broken. So Wait, so fact, she found it in the basement. Like, how old is this Easy Bake it's Oven? It's never been opened. We, like, never opened it. So it's been in there for, like, okay. four months. And we were cleaning some stuff <laughs> in the storeroom, and she found it. And so our air conditioner's been broken off and on for, like, two weeks. And so they finally got it fixed, and Mom said to her, her, her mom said, when the AC gets fixed, we'll, like, bring it upstairs, and you can, I mean, I don't know, like, it's an oven, like, it's going to get hot or something. So last <laughs> night, Camden never forgets anything. Mom, Mom, you said I could do that. E- my, my easy bake oven, that's how she taught. I'm like, easy bake oven. Dad, can, I, can you go get it for me? I'm like, sure, you and mom can do whatever you want. And I got sucked into that. Mom's like, oh, no, 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 it's a family thing. You're going to help us. And so I, that's me. Then I'm the one taking pictures or video, and mom's the one getting frustrated by the Because Camden is like, mom, what about this? And cracking eggs on the counter. And, you know, it's just like, oh. I mean, we had, I had to clean up the mess afterwards. And, of course, the, the pizza and the brownies. There's a pizza? Oh, yeah. It was not good. <laughs> not good. No, oh, my gosh. Not good at all. Mm-mm. And the brownies were more like cookies, and she ate all of them, and she thought okay. they were great. But, yeah, the pizza was uh, – it was not good. Wait, like, like, what did you put in there? Like, the well, they, dough? It comes and with – che- you make the dough, and it comes with the, ch- the cheese, and it comes – everything is there. You- You're telling me that there was Easy Bake Oven cheese – in that box, it's, in your basement. It's not actual cheese. It's like you, you have to put water oh, in it. Oh, that's horrifying. I didn't say – she's five. She doesn't know. She was like – she did. <laughs> you, you should have seen the look on her face when she took the bite. She's like, mm, Dad, it's – because she wanted to be excited about it because she was yeah. so excited. But she's like, yeah, I don't know if I like it. I'm like, perfect. Throw it away. We'll order some real pizza. <laughs> and then you make the brownies. I'll go to Pizza Hut. It's fine. And it's just like, it was, I didn't even try it. It just looked bad. The brownies, I tried because she made me. Yeah. But I'm like, so then I'm like, now until we go buy more mixed stuff, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, but, I bet you the mixed store is going to be closed for a while. Yeah. I'll be, we'll be, yeah. That's one thing where my wife and I get along perfect. She'd be like, yeah, that store's closed. And then they are only open on Sundays from two until four. And gosh darn it, we're busy during those hours. Yeah, really. And that's, I don't know what we'll be doing, but I'm pretty sure we won't be available to go. Oh, man, the Easy Bake Oven. Yeah. Gosh, that's Although fantastic. Although it has advanced, it's not like the light bulb like the old days. You just plug it in and turn it on and it heats up. 
Wow. And yeah. it's like safe enough for like little hands? Because, well, yeah, you're right. It was it like an it industrial light bulb. Like an oven. You have to oh. slide. It looks like, you're, it's like you're at a pizzeria. It's this big, big blue. <laughs> oh I mean, like this God. big. And you stick it. You just ba- There's a little hole like that big in on each side. And you just put it in one side. And you push it out the other side when it's done. Interesting. And when you don't set the timer, it's like, are those done? Katie's like, I didn't set the timer on the microwave. We pulled the, <laughs> the little brownies out. And I'm like, no, those aren't done. Let's put them back in. So, uh, yeah, but... Yeah, easy bake oven pizza is not, um, not my favorite. See, I live in a land of dinosaurs and trucks, so I don't know if yeah, an easy have, bake yeah. oven is in our future. Yeah, see, you're, you, you have lots you're, like, you're, you have lots of boys. Yes. I have, I'm like, I'm the only guy. Even when we had a dog, we had a female dog. It's like, I'm the only guy. I get ganged up on a lot. Yeah. And it's the joke in the house, like, you know, dad will get outvoted no matter what we do. And it's like, okay, whatever. I, I mean, I just let it go. But, yeah, you're, you're in a completely different situation. But I sort of love it. I sort of love having two little boys. Um, I now know most of the names for heavy machinery. Yeah. Um, I know what an excavator is, or as Abram calls it, a restorator. <laughs> um, I now know what a like a graduated drilling unit is. I probably screwed Wait, that up. I don't no. know. I just made that up. I just. But there's but names for stuff. There's so it's many fine. names for stuff. I find it hilarious. Abram knows more about dinosaurs than I w- ever will. How much stuff does Abram like mispronounce and you think it's the most adorable thing in the it's, world? Yeah. I Camden encourage him now, to say restorator. She's starting to like pronounce <laughs> things correctly and we're both, my wife and I are like, oh, that's sad. Yeah. I really like it when she's like mispronouncing something because she just, like frigilator. She'll call it a frigilator. <laughs> and it's just little things like that that I'm like, oh, if you're pronouncing, she's going to kindergarten this year. I'm like, where what what's going on with my life? She's already five, oh. and I'm like, you know, I mean, like when you have an older daughter, I mean, she's eighteen. I mean, that I've watched her grow up, and uh, to me, that it doesn't seem like just yesterday that she was five. But with Camden, I'm like, wow, that has gone super fast. But you're right; as she gets older, and you'll find that with him too, is that once they start pronouncing things correctly, they start reasoning with you, like yesterday. We're at Hy-Vee buying groceries, and it was noon, and uh, Katie was working till 4 on a project, and I said, Camden, Mom will be off work in about four hours. It's noon. She'll be off in about 4, and she goes, you mean 4 o'clock? I'm like, what? <laughs> like, even, the, even the checkout lady at Hy-Vee is like, how old is she? I'm like, she's 12? I don't know. <laughs> she's 5. How do you know that? I don't know. I mean, the things that she learns between daycare and, and other yeah. stuff, I'm like, Wow. I don't know. It's just I'm still fascinated as a parent. I'm I think I'm not jaded enough by like years in radio or media or whatever. So I just there's still some things in life that just utterly fascinate me and being a parent's one of them. Mm-hmm. Just watching when she makes progress on something, when she's not having that meltdown, like the terrible twos are going on in her fives nonstop. But when we see when I see other things that are like that progress or just that light bulb, I still am like, wow. That's just like, those are the things I'm most thankful for because it's just amazing. It is fascinating. The other day, Abram told me that Everett is his best friend. (laughs) And, you know, yes, it's extremely sweet. But in my head, I went, how does he know about best friends? Who told him that he needs to declare a best friend, that (laughs) that there is some sort of, um, you know, evaluation and choice process regarding best friends? So it was really, really cute that he, you know, says that about his little brother. But, yeah, it's like... Okay, you you've got a best friend. Excellent. That's cool. Glad to hear it, buddy. Is he is he really good with his brother? 
He's a little heavy-handed, which is probably to be expected really from any child of his age. So, you know, he'll lay next to him and then use his stomach to Uh brace to get him up. And it's like, okay, okay, you can't press on brother's belly. Like, Mm -hmm. hold on, kiddo. Yeah. Camden is the same way when we see, like, other people we know that have little babies. She, like, at five, she thinks she's, like, this big, big kid. And you're right, with, like, other, like, little two-year-olds or one-year-olds, I'm amazed at how... She wants to be gentle, but she's kind of like a bull in a china shop with him. I'm like, you can't, no, you can't hit him on the head like that. You have, to, if you're going to hold the baby, you have to hold their head up. You can't just like flop down. And she's, she's got a the thing that I, and I don't know if it's a, I don't think it's a girl or a boy thing because I think, I think your sons are probably the same way. I'm amazed sometimes when I see what a good heart my daughter has oh. at five years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, her intentions are very pure and good, and she's very, she's just a loving kid. And that yeah. overshadows all the things that drive me crazy about being a dad of a five-year-old who can't control her temper. Yeah. You know? But it is, it's amazing to watch them. I don't know. It's just, and, and it's funny how my wife and I will see different things. I don't know how you guys, if you guys, like, notice the same stuff in your sons. Or sometimes she'll be like, did you notice today that Camden did this? And I'm like, no, I never even, I never noticed that. But she did this. And so even sometimes we'll notice different things that, whatever it might be. Um, but, yeah, it's... It's like a never-ending, like, what's she going to do today? <laughs> Hopefully it's good. Hope it doesn't embarrass me in the checkout line and hype. And, you know, it probably will. I, yep. We, after the whole, oh, is, it, is that 4 o'clock thing? We walked out outside, and the there's a sewer drain right outside of the Bettendorf Hy-Vee, and it smelled terrible. And Camden said something completely inappropriate, and I'm like, where, where did you learn that? Her aunt. Her Aunt Kim. <laughs> Just out in Aunt Kim. I'm like, okay, uh, Tana Kim. All right, uh, okay. She, she says, it smells like cow poop out here. <laughs> oh and all these people are walking. I'm like, I'm laughing, of course, because I'm like, that's a... I mean, she could have said a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. she could have said a lot worse. And I'm just like, but just and, but she says everything with such, like, matter-of-fact authority. Mm-hmm. Dad, it smells like cow poop out here. I'm like, I, how do we even know what that smells like? Well, Tana Kim showed me. Because they live out, out uh, near I-80, and... I'm like, so what, you were at a farm with her? I mean, she, that's the problem. Camden will throw, if she learns something from you, she will absolutely let someone know that she'll throw you under the bus in a minute. (laughs) I learned that from dad. Oh, boy. Yeah. Kevin, it's been awesome having you here. Thank you. Do you want to tell people where they can find you on social media? Yes, you can find me at, on Instagram, uh, it's... What did I call it? Yeah, I changed it. It's, well, because it used to be like Kevin Walker B100, and I'm yeah. like, I worked it. Just on Instagram, it's just, it's Kevin Walker. Uh, Facebook, Kevin Walker, Kevin Walker Photography. Um, and the DJ company that I own is called Master Entertainment. Yeah, so you do um, DJing for, like, weddings and events, wedding photography. Weddings. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yep. you are always busy on weekends. So find Kevin Walker, and uh, we hope to have you back. You can find me on Instagram, at Denise WQAD. This is On a Mother Level. And we'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening to On a Mother Level from the Tribune Audio Network. Tribune Audio Network.